2: Wherever you get your podcasts, thanks for listening.
0: ES Audio.
2: From the Evening Standard in London, I'm John
0: Weeks and this is The Leader. In just one weekend, the Conservative Party has lost not one, not two, but three MPs, including former Prime Minister Boris Johnson. The former Prime Minister said he was quitting Parliament, at least for now, because he was bewildered and appalled at the Privileges Committee's investigation into him. In a statement, he accused the committee of producing a yet-to-be-published report, riddled with inaccuracies and reeking of prejudice. He, Nadine Dorries and Nigel Adams all resigned, in a shock to the Tory party, triggering by-elections in each of their constituencies. And it appears the resignations were partly in response to Boris Johnson's resignation honours list, as PM Rishi Sunak commented on at London Tech Week today. When it comes to uh, you know honours and and Boris Johnson, Boris Johnson asked me to do something that I wasn't prepared to do because I didn't think it was right. Uh, that was to you know either overrule the Holac committee or to make promises to people. Now I. I wasn't prepared to do that. As I said, I didn't think it was right. And if people don't like that, then tough. In response to that, Boris Johnson has since said Rishi Sunak is talking rubbish and claims what he actually asked the PM to do regarding his honest list would have been a mere formality. So, with three more by-elections in the pipeline and yet more drama surrounding the Conservative Party, how can they bounce back? Joining me now is The Evening Standard's political editor, Nicholas Settle. So, Nick, first of all, a busy weekend for the Tory party, but not in the way they will have wanted. Three MPs resigning, stepping down, including former Prime Minister Boris Johnson. How do you think Rishi Sunak will have reacted when he heard the news?
1: Well, I think like most people in the country, it would have been absolutely shocked to hear the news. It really was a bombshell. We've had... Lots and lots of surprises in politics recently, but this was another Boris moment, really. I think that after the initial shock has, has passed, then I think a number of Tory MPs are already thinking, and say Tory parliamentarians, are already thinking that even though Mrs. Sunak has got immediate short-term problems with three by-elections and more infighting in the party, That actually, if you're looking at a longer horizon, that in the longer term, actually, this could be to Mr. Sinek's advantage. The reason for that is that once Mr. Johnson has left Parliament, as of lunchtime on Monday, he hadn't actually formally resigned or that hadn't been formally announced. But once he's left Parliament, once a number of his allies like Nadine Doris have also left Parliament, then there may be less turbulence in the Tory party.
0: And as you said, Nick, they do seem to be relatively out of the blue. But there are suggestions that the resignations revolve around Boris Johnson's honours list. What's the story there?
1: Well, the story is really whether Downing Street intervened in his resignation honours list. Now, Downing Street furiously deny that. Boris Johnson's allies are accusing Mr Sunak of a deceitful sleight of hand. Now, Mr Sunak doesn't always come out fighting publicly or on some issues, but he he came out with some surprisingly strong words early this morning on Monday. He was at a fintech conference in London and basically he he said that Boris Johnson had asked him to do something that he wasn't prepared to do. And what this seems to be was to either overrule the House of Lords appointments commission and its processes or make some pledges, promises to some of Boris Johnson's allies like Nigel Adams and Nadine Doris that they would get peerages in future. This row seems to resolve around the fact that if you're given a peerage, then you're expected to stand down in a reasonable period of time. Some people suggest it may be six months. Now, it looks like Mr. Sunak wasn't willing to make that pledge to Boris Johnson's allies that if they stayed as MPs and didn't trigger by-elections, he would eventually put them in the House of Lords. So he wasn't willing to give that promise. He didn't want to have any by-elections. But what has he ended up with? He's ended up with three by-elections, which actually he could win all three, but he could also lose all three.
0: And as you said, Rishi Sunak doesn't always come out with these strong, confident statements. But how do you think his comments today will serve him?
1: I think it will cause some immediate problems because there may well be a backlash against that from Boris Johnson's allies. His allies are often quite vociferous, but they are not in huge numbers. So this is quite an important point that the vast majority of Tory MPs at Westminster want to get on supporting Rishi Sunak and supporting the government. We're heading towards an election. There's no great mood at the moment to have another change of leader. So while Mr Johnson has got some very strong allies, um, they're quite outspoken. And therefore, there's quite a lot of public rowing going on. In terms of, I suspect it will settle down reasonably quickly as the election approaches because most conservative MPs will want to be turning their guns on Labour rather than in fighting within the party.
0: Let's take a break now in part two. Nick predicts how Rishi Sunak can bounce back from this latest drama.
1: Inflation, the NHS, and on immigration. He is going to stick stick to those and and to try and deliver, because he wants to show that he's a government of integrity and delivery.
0: It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax
1: and think about
0: work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow wherever you are. Tap the banner to go to Monday.com.
2: Hi, I'm Lawrence Delaglio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance.
0: So are we expecting any more resignations of this nature? Do you think we could see one or two more?
1: No, I think it's still possible we may see one or two resignations, but will it be enough to destabilise we should soon? I don't think so.
0: So, Nick, with these three by-elections coming up, does it look like the Conservatives will lose three more seats? What are the polls suggesting for those areas and who are the main competitors in each of them?
1: Well, it's very hard to tell. It's still very early days with these by-elections. In two of them, the Tories still haven't selected a candidate. So that's how early it is. Certainly on paper, the most vulnerable one for the Conservatives is Uxbridge and South Wyslip in West London. There, Mr Johnson's got a majority of some 7,000. That could easily be swept away in a by-election. But Uxbridge has got a interesting by-election history that two out the last three MPs were elected in by-elections, including one in 1997 when John Randall, now Lord Randall, basically won Uxbridge in the face of uh, the Tony Blair first landslide victory. So winning for, for, for Labour in Uxbridge is, is a difficult task. Having said that, the Labour Party is very, very far ahead in the polls, particularly in London. Um, So that will give them a big, big push. The other issue for Uxbridge that everyone needs to remember about is the ULES, the ultra-low emission zone. That is um, admittedly a a local issue, a London issue rather than a national political issue. But often by-elections can be decided on local issues as well. Um, And so the Tories will be making the most of the controversy about the expansion of the ultra-low emission zone to outer London. Then you look at mid-Bedfordshire where the the Lib Dems are the main challengers, um, almost certainly. Again, there's a majority there of some 24,000. And again, it's it's a very, very big mountain for for the Lib Dems to climb. But they've shown in Tiverton and Honiton and Chesham and Amersham that they can overturn very, very large majorities. And then if you head further north to the third bilation in Selby and Ainstree, there... Again, a Tory majority of 20,000. Selby has often been held by the Tories. But more recently, Labour did hold it as well, an MP called John Grogan. So Labour have got a chance. But again, it's not easy for them there.
0: And as you said, Nick, in the long term, this could actually be a positive thing for the Conservative Party. At the moment, it is looking like another hit for the Tories, though. Something else for them to bounce back from. How are you expecting Rishi Sunak to bounce back from this?
1: I think he would just stick to his what he's doing, basically. He's got his five key pledges. I won't list them all for you, um, but they include on inflation, the NHS, and on immigration. He is going to stick, stick to those and, and to try and deliver, because he wants to show that he's a government of integrity and delivery. I think it, the problem for Mr Sunak is that even if he manages to deliver some of these pledges, for example, halving inflation... If inflation falls, so let's say 5% by Christmas, many wage increases will still be below that. So in real terms, people will still be experiencing real terms pay cuts. So presumably there's going to be an election in either the spring, possibly summer or autumn of 2024. There's a very big question over whether many voters will actually be feeling better off by then. There's also a a whole number of stealth taxes already in the pipeline. The Chancellor has frozen the thresholds for the basic rate of income tax and the higher rate of income tax. So more and more people are going to be dragged into paying tax. And this goes until 2028. So it's still a very difficult economic backdrop for the Tories to fight the next general election.
0: There's more news, interviews and analysis in the Evening Standard newspaper and at standard.co.uk. That's the leader. Thanks for listening. We're back tomorrow afternoon at four o'clock.
2: Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard rugby podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance.